Hey, this is the Nobody Likes Casey McLean podcast. Please check out my stand-up dates at thecaseymcclain.com. Also, follow me on all social media at thecaseymcclain. Check out stand-up clips and videos of mine at youtube.com slash McLean. This podcast is brought to you by Anchor. Anchor is where I host this podcast. It's where the file sits. It's also a great place if you want to start a podcast where you can record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. When you're hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast to all the listening platforms, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Whatever you're listening to this podcast on, you can get your podcast to that platform very easily. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. This is Nobody Likes Casey McLean, with your host, the one and only person who thinks this podcast should exist, Casey McLean. Hello, this is Nobody Likes Casey McLean, and this is your host, Casey McLean. Uh, today's guests are Chase Myers and Kevin Eggleston, two comedians, two comedians with whom I do a podcast called uh, High and Inside. It's a sports podcast, if you're into that kind of thing. And High and Inside, by the way, great name for a quarantine sports podcast that we started like a month before comedy reopened. Also a very bad time. It's uh, becoming increasingly difficult as comedy becomes, um, as comedy is open, uh, it's becoming increasingly difficult to <laughs> to keep the show going. We we started at about the absolute worst time. Uh, on this podcast, on Nobody Likes Casey McLean, we do have a couple references to the last episode of, to the most recent episode of uh high and inside because we recorded them like back to back didn't even stop the recording so uh if you're wondering what the hell we're talking about at some point why we're laughing at a joke you don't get it's possible that it came from the uh the high and inside podcast uh you can catch me march 26 27th i'll be in boise idaho at lounge at the end of the universe april 1st through 3rd i'm in oklahoma city opening for paul verzi at bricktown comedy club uh april what is it what is it it's uh come on baby come on april 8th through 10th i'll be at tacoma comedy club opening for chris porter and then i'll be taking a little bit of time off of comedy because my uh, wife will be ready to kill me by then having consumed our entire uh life with my comedy uh then on may 1st i will be at the chalet theater in enumclaw uh by the way Boise, I'm with Gabriel Rutledge several times past podcast guests. Uh, Chalet Theater, I'm with Gabriel Rutledge. And then I think it's June 4th and 5th, I am with Gabe in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho at Honey, the uh, Honey Social Club. So come check that out. Uh, all of those Gabriel Rutledge deals, by the way, are all door deals. So we need you there, baby. We need you there. Please come out. Please come out. Otherwise, we just uh, eat shit on the whole weekend. So um, this episode, we talked about the new coming to America. Uh, you can, By the way, you can follow, I think we said it at the end, but you can follow Chase Myers at Chase underscore Myers. You can follow 
Cavan at Cavan underscore egg. Uh, coming to America, the number two America. We are all fans of the original coming to America. And I think, not to spoil this podcast, but none of us came out of this super thrilled about coming the number two America. In fact, I mean, we talk about it a lot. I don't need to belabor it. You'll, you'll get uh, my shitty opinion um, on here and you'll hear everyone else's shitty opinion. So please enjoy this podcast. Please enjoy this episode of uh, Nobody Likes Casey McClain. We also, by the way, if you have any wonder about how my, uh, my uh, oral surgery went, we talk about that a lot on our High and Inside podcast because uh, and I, I might try to do this on stage at some point as a joke. But one thing I've noticed, I have uh, I got my wisdom teeth taken out at 34 years old. And when you get that surgery, it's still harrowing. Like it's still, I'm in a lot of pain. I can't eat solid foods yet. Um, I got put under general anesthesia. Like I was out and nobody gives a shit because they all had it done at 16. So nobody, everyone's like, yeah, asshole. I had that done when I was, I was, didn't even have pubic hair yet. And I got that surgery done. So you get none of the surgery credit. And then I, I have to have my, uh, I'm probably going to have to have my tonsils removed this year also. And the same thing. Everyone's like, yeah, dickhead. You should have done that when you were a uh, sophomore in high school, you know? So, all right. Uh, this is Nobody Likes Casey McClain. Please enjoy Chase Myers and Kevin Eggleston and myself talking about coming to America. All right, well, let's talk about this fucking movie because Kevin's Kevin Kevin will eventually have. We're not going to include any of that, but Kevin will eventually have a disappointing Seattle International Comedy Competition. Dude, uh, there's lost. one night. There's always one night. I had a better set than the educated redneck, okay, or the enlightened <laughs> redneck, and he went on into the finals for the World Series and of comedy, and that pisses me oh, off. Oh, that's right, you did that. Day. I forgot. Yeah, that's yeah. not a that's not a Trey Crowder, right? That's the liberal redneck. Yeah, that's the liberal redneck. No, this guy was the 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 educated redneck, uh, and he just started it off with being like, "Fucking build that wall, woo!" And everyone's like, "Yeah, let's we can do that. Let's pick that guy." Oh, I'm man. furious, furious I, about it. <laughs> I have a friend of mine in Louisiana. His uh, his stage name was uh, Travis from Longville. Longville's like a hick town in louisiana and uh and he was doing like a version of what everybody's doing with this liberal redneck thing like 10 years ago when i started like he would go oh, up yeah. and full john deere like he had it was the same thing it'd be a johnny cash shirt uh, uh a camouflage jacket john deere hat and he'd go up and talk about uh you know like women's rights and shit and it was like <laughs> it, it was fucking wild and then he quit doing comedy a couple years ago and then his character is like everywhere i, I every time i see one of those dudes i send him a video <laughs> <laughs> oh i bet he loves that <laughs> like, good thanks jace that's why you're not my friend uh <laughs> that's like that in, in that book uh outliers when they tell the story about the guy that was computer programming like 10 years before bill gates but then he fucked up and had a kid and a and a wife and a mortgage to pay so he couldn't be in his dad's garage yeah yeah Damn. um all right so we all watched uh coming to america the number two coming to america uh bad bad name for a fucking sequel i gotta say pretty tough when you just call it the same thing as the first one yeah yeah <laughs> when, when you can read it and that's the only way that you know a difference yeah 
Uh, also, that is not where the similarities end. Is the uh, <laughs> oh, you mean whenever they were showing the first movie and the second movie? Yeah. Is, that, is that what you're talking about? <laughs> so I didn't know how I felt about that. Did you like like at, at first I was like, oh, that's kind of interesting, but then they did it like twice and for very long times. I I I, I kind of I don't I can't remember movies where they just show full like scenes from the the prequel, you know. Yeah, I so this is what we did, and this is maybe a mistake because my wife and I, I love the original Coming to America. I think it's one of the best comedies ever made. Yeah, who does? It's, yeah, I mean, I, I think Eddie Murphy at that time as an actor maybe is like Beverly Hills Cop. Everyone is fucking so funny. He's the best back then. Mm -hmm. Um, and we watched it right before. Like, we sat down, watched the original Coming to America, uh, got my daughter up from a nap, started watching the second one. She's now seen the entire second Coming to America. I don't know if that's good parenting <laughs> or not. Um, apart from the time, I think I told you guys that I had paused it like an hour in because she was, you know, she wasn't a fan. She was, a, she's a harsh critic of, uh, <laughs> of Eddie Murphy movies. Um, and I think, like, to me, the part where they started showing the old movie actually was, like, really offensive because we had just watched the old movie. It felt really like, yeah, dude, we get it. We get that there was a movie before. Like, you don't, the, uh, I thought it was, it was weird how they, like, tried to put the new characters into the old scenes. Yeah. Which, because I think some of it was actually reenactments of, it was like Arsenio and Eddie Murphy, uh, Irishman into the like the old like the original scene. bar scene, yeah. Whenever they yeah. were uh, yeah. interviewing the girls and everything, yeah, there there was some uh, change there. Um, I, I I thought it was fine. I thought the movie was fine. I didn't, you know, I don't like, but I saw a fucking ad for it uh, yesterday or something, and it was like, j like literally, the commercial was like just as funny as the first one. And I was like, come on now. Come on, we, come on, bro. Uh, yeah. I I thought it was fun. My my like my problems with it was uh, Wesley Snipes was a lot. Like he was a mm. lot to me. Um, and then whoever this fucking ancient uh, future teller, whatever that 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 shocked me so much. Like, say, yeah. like, is there something that I'm not remembering from the first one? Like, it's, <laughs> it seems so like cartoony and out of place for a movie that's already like can be cartoony and shit like i saw that and i was like too much i don't need that character. why isn't that just like a regular like butler type character why is why is it got to be this uh fucking yeah. looking like a hobbit uh like yeah I, I didn't that that was like what really bugged me the most about it but overall that and then also uh eddie murphy's like son that uh i i just thought that there were all these like moments where they like really were like trying to drive home where he would just stop and be like, because I had it so rough as a child and I didn't have an opportunity and now I'm a prince and I can seize this opportunity. And you're like, okay, yeah, I mean, I'm watching the movie. I know what's happening. Like I got, I, got, yeah. I saw all the, like, there were like too many moments of these like monologues of him talking about how like, this is his one chance suddenly. And uh, yeah, I didn't, I like that type of stuff kind of took me out of it. But. I feel like, Oh, actually, I, I don't want to keep. This isn't the other podcast where we just ignore Kevin. So, uh, <laughs> uh, I did kind of feel like the. I, I'm going to say the things that I liked about it uh, before we dig like too deep into the shit that was annoying. 
I actually thought I thought Jermaine Fowler, who played Eddie Murphy's son, like played it really well. I thought he was really funny mm-hmm. in parts. Um, Tracy Morgan and and Leslie Jones are both people who I kind of think like as comedians, I think are kind of annoying. But I thought they were both like fucking hilarious in that movie. I thought they were both incredibly well cast and funny and played those mm-hmm. parts great. They played uh, Jermaine Fowler's mom and uncle. Um, I thought that like. At, at one point at the beginning, they made a joke that was, like, kind of edgy. And I said to my wife, I go, I'm glad they're still putting, like, edgy jokes into this. Because the first one has some edgy jokes. Mm-hmm. Like, jokes that would not play in fucking Capitol Hill in Seattle, right? And uh, that was maybe the last edgy joke of the whole movie. Yeah, the rest so, of it was... <laughs> Yeah. was very like family uh friendly uh the yeah. rest of the way for sure i'll like i'm, I'm gonna i want to criticize it but i want to Kevin can uh speak about it I, I mean i thought it was okay like my uh i actually i'm not a big leslie jones fan but i enjoyed her in this um mm-hmm. they like they did a good job of making me actually like like her character when the first time i saw her i was like i do not like this whatever she's doing and then she grew on me um my biggest critique of that movie is there is no there is no protagonist to follow. Like they try to split it between Eddie Murphy's character and his son and, and then his daughter. Well that's yeah, it, yeah, and there's nobody there's nobody for you to like latch on to to follow through the narrative uh to actually give a shit about. Uh so I just kind of left like oh this is an ensemble film that isn't really an ensemble film. So yeah, it just kind of fell apart whereas the first one you were following Eddie Murphy's character. I yeah, thought that time. like it was pretty obvious early on that they were gonna make like the woke choice and make it his daughter was the heir to the throne, and I thought that they did a couple things that pissed me off, which were in the first movie, Akeem, who is Eddie Murphy's character, and uh, Lisa uh, McDowell are like they're like she's like the mo- she's like morally pure, right? Like she's the moral center of the movie. And he's, like, the next best thing. Like, he is the obvious protagonist. She sucked in this movie. Like, they took 100% of the, like, things you liked about Lisa McDowell. She just seemed like an alcoholic, rich wife. She's just complaining. She's just complaining yeah. the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it was like she was just, like, sassy for no reason. And Eddie Murphy's character went from being this, like, progressive African prince to, like, well, now I just have to do everything my dad did because uh, it's tradition. Like, we get no explanation on how he went alt-right Africa. Yeah, it, they have the fight about, like, you've done nothing to make this country better. And uh, Prince Akeem, that even seems like that's the first time they've had that ar- argument. That's, like, the only yeah. time that conversation has come up. Uh, In 30 years. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, you couldn't mention that before all of this? <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's a shame. There was a lot more, like, they did a lot of, like, singing and dancing that I thought was unnecessary. Also, like, it was, like, almost Disney filmish at a point. The, like, couple of wedding ceremony or wedding uh, pre-ceremony things. Look, man, anytime En Vogue is singing, I'm there. Okay, I'm cool with that. I'm cool with the En Vogue sighting. I did like how many people they were, like, just brought back. Like, are you still breathing? Come get a check. Like, come. Are you are you the twins from that one scene uh, where you rapped? Guess what? You get the big moment at the end. Okay, you're coming back. You're getting a check too. Like, uh, I, I I don't know, man. I 
I definitely agree with Kevin where it definitely seemed like there were like moments where I was like, okay, now it's Akeem's movie. Now it's his son's movie. Now it's his daughter's movie. And you just kind of like kept bouncing around. Uh, but yeah, that definitely wasn't, you know, there'd be whole parts where I like kind of would forget about Eddie Murphy. Like, you know, like I would just totally forget uh, about what he uh, had going on in there. Um, yeah, it was like, I thought it was like every character in that movie that was like virtuous in the first one had to completely abandon their morality for that, uh, for the second one to even happen, right? Like, yeah. And it, it was like, it was just annoying and also like, I uh, I thought if they would have just gone down, if they would have just not had a son and just said that his daughter's going to take over and let's see the, like, interesting shit that happens as a result That would have been a good story. Like, if it yeah, had just been that from the beginning. Yeah, let's the get beginning. her to America somehow, for sure. Like, we got it's called coming to America. We got to get her to right. America somehow. But, uh, yeah, and it was, like, obvious that the, the Jermaine Fowler's character was going to... Uh, when he when he was with the hairdresser, like I was like he she's gonna work at the barbershop in America, like I said mm -hmm. that as he's doing she's doing his hair like the first time I was like she's gonna they like each other, and she's gonna end up at the barbershop in America. There's no doubt. And then that's I mean spoiler alert obviously to anyone who hasn't seen it we're talking about a movie that's a sequel that's a, a almost a fucking carbon copy of a 33 year old comedy. So I'm not I don't feel so bad about spoiling it. But uh, how about uh, the whole reason he has a son is because Leslie Jones raped him. How about that part? How about, <laughs> how, how about that being, yeah. The, yeah. How about that being the whole like beginning to it of like, Oh, I didn't spread my seed father. Oh, actually that baboon that I thought jumped on me was Leslie Jones. And I guess she jumped on me so good. I had a son. Like that was such a wild, like way of getting there too. Like, yeah. I, yeah, like, like whenever I heard that part of the premise, I was like, "Damn, that's you know." That, Next day, he didn't point. wonder, like, "Did I fuck that baboon? Is that what happened?" <laughs> like, <laughs> also, like, it's been a long time since I've smoked weed, but I don't think in the '80s it was causing you to not know you were fucking a human being. You know? Yeah, yeah, he was just high, and suddenly he just <laughs> doesn't know anything yeah. around him. Yeah, I thought. I I mean, I think the, like the obviously there's some problems with the like uh i didn't even think about the fact that he got drugged into yeah yeah he got cardi b bro <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, it's funny because i think jermaine fowler's character was like maybe the most fun character like he was very fun in the in the, it was a lot of maybe the funniest lines some of the funniest lines were jermaine fowler's and i think he's like a tremendously talented dude but i felt like that movie could have been written better with him not a part of it. Do you know what I mean? Like it could have been 20 minutes shorter. And yeah, and I, I think you could have done it without him. I don't think it was like necessary. And especially like the weird way that they got into it. <laughs> being like, he's got a son. Arsenio yeah. Hall was getting fucked and, uh, <laughs> and didn't, didn't watch his back. Just left him out there to get raped. Just totally just didn't take care of him. Uh, I also think the thing you said about Wesley Snipes is interesting because I don't know if Wesley Snipes is moving a lot of tickets these days. And they had Michael Blackson in the movie for like the beginning. Like why yeah. couldn't he have, he probably would That's have a been, good point. He would have been like equally good as, as uh Wesley Snipes character. And then you wouldn't have had a guy who is not African doing a wild African impression. Like, right an arguably offensive African impression. You know what I mean? Yeah. There was moments yeah. with Eddie too, where you could hear him lose it. Like there were more like if, if the monologue was too long, he totally like would lose it for a little bit. 
Uh, but yeah, Wesley Snipes, I just didn't under, I just, I, I would have done, I would have liked to have seen like a more like straight, like character for that person. Like, yeah. cause he's like threatening Akeem's life at certain points. Like he's putting out, uh, you know, like an assassination attempt on him at some point, but then he's also like dancing around with a cane and shit like that. Like, I don't I, I just, uh, he was just a lot for me. Yeah. It was like Will Smith's genie was coming after, uh, after fucking... Yeah. <laughs> yeah it was like the cartoonish shit i guess is to be expected but i didn't the first one isn't that cartoonish right and there's like real shit like samuel l jackson tries to rob the uh rob McDowell's. the fucking yeah mcdowell's there's like the homeless dude that i mean part of the thing is they didn't really spend a lot of time in america in this one this is a lot i mean way more of it is in africa than in america yeah yeah could have been called coming to America day trip. I mean, <laughs> they really we'll get they barely eventually. got a passport stamped. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that there are so many weird things. I was what was really surprised me in this too is uh, I expected this movie to have a few more like torch passing moments. Like I'm actually surprised that he didn't have more younger like black comics. Um, yeah where it's like, Hey, we're going to, you know, the Michael Blacksons, you know, you, you find some ways to do that because it just seemed like it would make sense. You're making this movie that is a sequel to probably like, like you said, one of the like iconic comedies of the eighties and just this like cultural touchstone that I don't know. I don't know too many people alive when that came out that missed it. Right. And, uh, and like he has this moment where everyone's kind of excited, like nobody's watching this movie, not having watched the original, you figure you would use that to launch some other people or like get some other faces in front of, and instead it was just like, here's, here's all these references to this movie that you've all already seen and is already beloved. So why are we doing that? It's not like it's a cult classic that you were doing a f like for the fans. Cause everyone was the fan. Tell me this, Kevin, yeah. I don't, you're like a movie guy. So I don't, what I noticed about this is when you watch the the original coming to America, there's like all of this comedy and then there's a climax at the end when uh king when the king comes to America. Mm -hmm. Like and all this all these worlds collide and shit. And it felt like in this one they started the climax like twenty minutes in and tried to like keep it going. Is that a is that a thing that's going? I feel like that's a thing that's going on with a lot of movies, but I might be just this one. Like, what's weird to me is so if you're looking at like a classic hero's journey, that's what Coming to America is. This sequel doesn't have that because it doesn't know who to focus on, right? Um, and so instead, you get these ones where like Eddie Murphy will start and stop his, and it'll resolve. It resolves before his sons and then that resolves it and it just leaves you feeling unsatisfied because you're like well but i already had this character arc completed or it's abbreviated like the daughters never really gets completed like she's hyper competent deserves to be ruler of this country been training it for her whole life and then she never like really gets recognized for it in a way like her dad's like yeah it should be you but it's never like her her like, like yeah. her arc never resolves itself at the end it's just, it's just weird it's basically her arc is like at the end they're like oh fuck you know who we could have had do this yeah right <laughs> yeah, like oh we remember we had a daughter right like because yeah. she even has that like great moment where she's like coaching him and actually comes to terms with like i'm not going to be the ruler 
And then they're like, oh, no, by the way, you're totally going to be the ruler. Like, you didn't have to grow as a person or, like, yeah. adapt. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that was we, could, we could have done that all along. I don't know why we were thinking we had to do it this way. <laughs> I also felt like that scene where he has to cut the lion's, uh, snip the lion's whiskers is a great example of where, like, they expect us to believe that people in this, like, extremely wealthy african country palace don't know what fucking cat food is like are you kidding me like the, you, you throw a fucking can of uh, friskies pate out there and they're like what the fuck could that possibly be the where, and also like there were so many moments like that moment maybe where like i think in the first one they would have had jokes that were like yeah like offensive jokes like we want to see in a fucking movie uh and that like they i just yeah it just seemed like i i was so encouraged at the beginning and so discouraged by the end at how like toothless the jokes ended up being you know do you think part that's of that's that I, I... oh sorry go for it chase no no you sound like you're As a, but do you like... think like do you think that partially is because they pushed for the pg-13 rating oh was it rated pg-13 yeah it was not a it was not an r yeah well, yes, then that's probably it. And also, I think they're making it for people who did. They actually, I actually disagree with you. I think they're making it for people who did not watch Coming to America. I think they're making it for like, like, a father or a father, a a parent and child, to watch together, and then like probably not watch the first one. And I bet you the experience. By the way, you never know, but I bet the experience of watching that movie, if you've never seen the first one, was probably still pretty good. Yeah, I didn't think the movie was bad, by the way. Like, I know a lot of it is just like us critiquing. I thought it was fine, but I definitely didn't expect it to have the same teeth that the first one did. I, I assumed it was going to be more family oriented and kind of softer. Um, by the way, so do you know whose house that that was actually shot at? Like, that was actually somebody's house. Is it the Shaq? Because for our for our <laughs> podcasting history, it's got to be Shaq. <laughs> By the way, I had I, I meant to mention it on our last podcast. Uh, there was a Shaq moment that we missed. He uh, he fucking got in a wrestling ring while you were gone. Oh, uh, that's right. God damn. Yeah. It. Uh, but uh, that's Rick Ross's house. Oh whoa. <laughs> yeah, Rick Ross is actually in the movie for a second. Uh, but yeah, that's his house. That's his mansion where they shot that whole thing. Damn. He lives like the Princess Samunda. <laughs> I do. Like, is that amazing? Yeah, that's that's good. Uh, what's what was the name of the 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 neighboring country? It's called like Nextdora. Ne Nextdorian. Yeah, Nextdorian. they're Nextdorians. Yeah, that was funny. I know that was funny. Uh, yeah. Was that that? I mean, there wasn't even really like the original. There wasn't really any of the conflict in Africa was like at all related to Africa, right? It was just father son shit. Yeah, they, yeah, right. they didn't. That conflict thing was kind of like uh, new, but they like worked it in as if it was like canon the whole time. I did like that they had his uh, original arranged wife still jumping and barking. I thought that was, <laughs> yeah, that, was, that, was yeah, that, that was pretty good stuff. Yeah, yeah, that felt like it was a joke for us, right? Like it felt like a joke for people who liked the first movie. Yeah, for yeah. sure. I just love how it's like all of his bad decisions just seem to be because he's not observant. Like, like he gets, he gets raped and it's like, it's his fault for not paying attention. Uh, like now his fault is he can't, uh, he can't like not smell pumpkin and get an erection or something. And then like the only reason Wesley Snipes character, the general is mad at him is cause like of his sister, 
that at any point he could have just been like, yeah, maybe don't bark. Mm-hmm. Yeah, over 30 years. Yeah. This is the first time. Well, I mean, we're talking about like the <laughs> second best joke we've talked about is yeah. like we're, now we're just shitting on the second best joke. Yeah, I, yeah. no, like take that joke out. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Make, <laughs> make, I want the movies to be logically make sense. Um, right. I don't want to enjoy any movie. I don't. <laughs> that's not why I watch movies. Yeah. I watch movies to drag them all down. I want all of them to feel like real life. Uh, if we could just make them all feel like my boring existence. I, I think there's sometimes there's absurdity in the name of like fitting this plot line together, which is, I think, the shit we're complaining about. An, an absurd thing that I thought was not that, that I thought was just straight funny, is the idea that in Zamunda there's just a fucking McDowell's there. That's and, perfect. And they brought like all the characters. There, uh, I thought that the shit at the beginning where it was uh, like the impossible bur- or whatever, like it was supposed to be like a, a yeah. vegetable based thing. I thought that was funny and like timely. And then I just thought it was funny the idea that uh, he just goes in and starts mopping the floor as like a Zen practice. Like uh, that, I the whole thing about the McDowell's just being like dropped in the middle of Zamunda was funny to me. I loved. The idea of that—that's all—that's like a thing we would talk about in a, in a, like, fucking high school. It's like, oh yeah, drop a fucking McDonald's in the middle of Iraq right. or something like that. Like it was, like, and it did, like, and it made sense too, like for it to be there. Like, of course, like she is McDowell. Like, why wouldn't yeah. there be uh, McDowell's in Zamunda now? Like, yeah, I, I liked all that. I uh... and the dad manages it still. Like he just now he lives in Zamunda and manages the the McDowell Zamunda. <laughs> the Zamunda branch. <laughs> yeah, I thought I thought his part was like funny and good. Uh, the dude that is the dad on uh, the original. I thought James Earl Jones was like disappointing. Like that was kind of a lame, and the like. Uh, the, I I mean I know you the En Vogue thing forgives a lot for you, but uh, like Morgan Freeman seems shoehorned in like. There was one funny line about, uh, he had one funny line. Morgan Freeman had one funny line that I can't remember now. Something about like they no longer fucked or something like that. Or they probably said no longer had sex. I did like, I did enjoy that scene. I thought that was really funny for him to have his funeral while he was still alive. Like I I did actually like that too. I thought that like fit perfectly. And I kind of want to do that now. Yeah, and and the way that like while he was alive they were talking about him like in the past tense they were like this is the saddest day our country will never move forward there'll never be another king because Akeem uh, didn't produce a a boy or whatever the hell like I I liked I liked all that like all that stuff I thought was really fun yeah that was the I think Morgan Freeman said like after he died nobody even could have sex anymore or something yeah that's what it was yeah yeah Yeah, I thought I mean I thought that was like a, a fantastic premise I felt like they could have gotten more out of it and get give us a little more out of James Earl Jones. He's not really dead, right? Like we could have gotten more out of James Earl Jones. I know it made me feel like it was like a Carrie Fisher thing. Like I was like, did they like put him in the movie <laughs> yeah. like after he died? Like did, I had to like look it up. Like did he die? Like oh, you had to Wikipedia check. Oh man, yeah. <laughs> they just had that one in the can waiting. I don't, it was kind of sad for me to see him though, because I'm like, oh, this is as like just that resonant voice that you are so iconic, and you're like, oh, he's he's getting older like that's gonna yeah oh it was it was sad it's like watching like the day your dad fails at something and you're like oh 
Like you're just a person now too. Bud Light Lime to your house and that's on <laughs> yeah. podcast. What am I calling? Is this back how to? you make a crossover episode? Yeah, you gotta go listen to the High on Inside podcast. Uh, Jesus, you're gonna put episode. footnotes on these podcasts now. <laughs> I'm, I'm not gonna remember what we talked about when I write the descriptions for these. Uh, I thought that the there was a funny scene with Leslie Jones in the bathtub where it was the like a callback to the your royal penis is clean your highness by the way uh that line kicks off the ludicrous album word of mouth uh if you, if you <laughs> okay. don't know uh it's the so the like the bather would go under the water and blow akeem as the was the joke on the first one and then leslie jones has a guy going down on her uh in the tub that's so First off, it's funny to me that her son comes in and she's actively being having oral sex performed on her and then giving life advice to this kid. But I thought they you missed it. Go be a prince. Yeah. I do kind of think there was an opportunity for a funny scene if they would have made it rated R, probably. That's disappointing that it was rated PG-13. Now that you say that, that really actually answers a lot of questions because I thought Jermaine Fowler could have had a very funny there's an opportunity for a funny bathing scene with a guy who's from america that's not used to being filleted while he's being bathed yeah you know what i mean yeah because that scene in coming to america they're topless like that's the main difference yeah. well no, uh, I think well, the other a difference is, yeah there's many differences one is uh the uh leslie jones got one bather and i think eddie murphy had three so there's a there's a bather gap a gender bather gap um, that I will not stand for. Even Zamunda, even in Zamunda, we have a fucking gap, a gender gap. That's uh, upsetting. But yeah, that, that that's, I mean, I guess that describes everything. We just, if, if it was rated R, it would have been way better, right? Also, also do we we'll talk about that this introduces a plot hole in the Coming to America universe? Uh, Eddie Murphy is confused about spilling his royal seed, yet he has daily royal bather BJs. And he's just like, I don't even understand how that happens. Or were they just edging him that entire time? Just giving him royal blue balls. In the in the first movie, they they do mention that at one point, like uh, whenever he's saying that he wants to, when he's breaking to James L. Jones, that he wants to go to America. and uh, yeah, James L. Jones says something along the lines of like, I thought, what about the bathers? Like, he's like, I thought you were doing like with the bath. Like, they kind of make it as if like he didn't fuck the bathers then either. I don't know. Uh, I don't know if they like cleared it up or not. I think but. I think he did say that he did because I watched it. Did you guys both watch the original? Recently? I watched the original like a week before. I uh, did yeah. not plan on you giving me homework on this. Honestly, no, that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> that's fine. Uh, I so. I, I think he said that he does fuck the bathers. And so okay. I think that the plot hole in the coming to America universe is exclusively opened and left open by coming the number two America. And yeah, I think it's like, it was a mistake. There was like, and I, I understand comedy. You like allow you suspend disbelief on certain shit. Like I'm not, I, I understand not everything has to be logically perfect, but it's like, well, the joke doesn't really work that well if Akeem goes from being this like introspective, observant, caring dude to this bumbling fucking idiot uh, in 30 years, that's like, he was like progressive for now in the first ones, right? Like that was, the, he was like this fucking dream human being in the first one. 
and that standard is still like pretty good. And you go to the second one and he's like, you know, a fucking just a a bumbling idiot. He's just we've completely gutted that character. His wife got completely gutted. What's that? The Beckdale test? Uh Kevin, is that the is that the test where they Yeah. Uh, two female characters have to have a conversation, uh, with each other and not be about a male character to pass the Bechdel test. Yeah. And I don't think they, I don't think, uh, I can't imagine that that happened in this movie. I don't, I mean, that's not something I'm particularly passionate about, but they took everything about Lisa McDowell and made it just like, there's not, there's nothing. She was a fucking empty vessel. It could have been a different woman. The fact that they brought back the same woman probably cost them more money than it had to because the character didn't even need to exist. She could have died, and it would have been the same story, you know? Her character was definitely a lot different than the first movie. I, th- I think she had the biggest uh, change, for sure. And Arsenio Hall didn't get enough. I thought he could have been around more. You know, let, let's get the gang back together. Yeah, he went for broke on that witch doctor uh, impression, so he had to spend all that time in the I makeup chair. <laughs> and it's my least favorite thing of the whole movie. That, that fucking that witch doctor character really like took me out of it. Like it, yeah. uh, it, it, and it happened so early in the movie, just like immediately. It's like it's a fucking cartoon character. Like I, I yeah. Every time yeah. I was like, hopefully that was it. And every time that he kept popping back up, I was like, motherfucker, like what are we doing? Like when he popped back up, you're or when he when he sorry when he popped on the first time, you're like, oh maybe I'm ignorant and this is something about like African culture that I don't understand. And then I'm like, wait a second, Zamunda is not even a real place. Like they don't, you know what I mean? Like I'm not being culturally yeah. insensitive. This is crazy that they have this guy. Yeah. Uh-oh. Yeah, because there's no like royal advisor in the first one except for. Arsenio Hall's character, yeah. Yes. Yeah, I think that's the... And th- there's the dude that does the singing that's very funny, and they that was another callback is the dude that... Uh, I can't remember his name, but he sings uh, at the... Yeah. At one of the the ceremonies or whatever. Um, and that was, like, that was also funny. It's also just funny to think that that dude just has the same job for 33 years. <laughs> like, he's just still... But he got that job at 26, <laughs> and now he's 69. And, Damn. Uh, yeah, that's funny. Um, they also, I thought, like the they talked about the queen, the from the original uh, Akeem's mom, but they like again, like they took the everything. She was like an interesting and compelling character in the first one, and they took everything away from her by basically barely mentioning her. Yeah, I don't remember a lot about her in the second movie. Like, I was trying to think of scenes. Like, I mean, how much? They kind of act like she. Yeah, they kind of act like she died with James Earl Jones. Well, she did die. They mentioned that she died, but it wasn't like it. She didn't die in the in the movie. She died before the movie. But there's like not even an homage to the character, let alone. I mean, maybe they hate the actress, but uh, the. Yeah, it was just strange. It seemed like uh, a missed opportunity. And then we didn't get to see... um, uh, And by the way, when 33 years passed, there could be a tragic reason for this, but uh, Lisa McDowell's sister, what's her name? What was her name? Um, Chloe? I don't remember it. Yeah, I don't remember the character's name, but yeah, I I totally even forgot that that was a character too. And you would have thought, I mean, they brought back everybody, so... Patrice. Yeah, I... was Patrice. You're right. You're right on that. Yeah. Um, 
yeah i don't know i thought i thought the movie was fine i thought it was uh i thought it was a cool uh like it was cool to see that everybody was still alive for the most part like that was kind of cool uh oh, the queen was dead yeah queen was dead in real life um madge sinclair yeah she died okay. in ni- 95 i get that I, and i'm not like i mean i'm saying they could have referenced her in yeah. some way even have like a callback to like a they they did fucking fourteen scenes from the from the original. The we can't get a queen yeah. scene. Like we can't get a, a reflection on his mom, like teaching him something. You know what I mean? Uh, Patrice McDowell. Let's make sure she's not dead. Allison Dean. That's, that actually would be a pretty morbid way to end the podcast, is to find out how many of these people have in <laughs> fact passed away. Allison Dean. It would appear uh, her last movie was in. Uh, Oh, 2019. She's still, she's still kicking. Um, all right. Well, yeah, we could have used that was her first ever movie role. At least was the original Coming to America. Daryl of uh, Soul Glow fame. We could have used. Uh, I think a. Is that guy still alive? They could have showed the commercial Dude. or something. That could have been. Yeah. Yeah. This is. I mean, we're gonna. You're eventually gonna run into tragedy at some I point. Know, like, I'm you're, hoping to. You're gonna like... find out that that elephant was actually poached, like right after that movie, <laughs> or something horrible. Like, let's not keep digging. No, I do. I, I think we gotta feed the. I mean, the, the elephant. They gotta feed the cast somehow, right? Um. Uh, sexual chocolate at the end. I. I mean, that was always gonna happen. Like the. Uh, yeah. Like there's like a moment early on with the preacher where you think you're going to see them. And I was like, man, there's no way they're not going to fucking do sexual chocolate. And then of course it's like, that's how you end it. That's. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, it's like one of those things that you accept going in that it's going to be part of the deal, right? Like you, it's, they're probably, it's probably going to be disappointing the way that they do it, but. You just I was happy. It. I was happy just to see Randy Watson. <laughs> so Eric LaSalle played uh Daryl and he, uh, it appears is alive most recently acted 2017 we could have done it yeah i don't know i mean i just i think like there were missed opportunities in the name of like wokeness and a pg-13 rating that sucked uh but but this movie does establish a coming to america cinematic universe can the... did you guys catch that at the beginning uh no so uh the interview the son is at is the grandson of the villains in Trading Places. The Dukes. Interesting. Which in, they were in Coming to America, and uh, Prince Akeem gives them money, and they're like, we're back in the game. And so that's like oh. they built themselves back up. Damn, so all we needed, Kevin blew the yeah, all we needed, I like it All now. we I need is like an Axie Foley reference or like a Golden Child thing. Axel, I just say, Axel like, Foley, not Axie Foley. I said uh, Axel. Come on. I think we can play the tape back and show you said Axie Foley. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that's interesting, Kevin. I, I didn't realize that was the... Wow, that actually is interesting. Um, I take it all back. I love the movie. It's five stars for me. Uh, will you ever watch it again? Let's end it on that. Will you ever watch that movie again? Because my wife, the second it turns off, she goes, that's a one-watcher. And uh, I tend to agree with her. I'm going to give it a second watch. Just uh, out of, like, just out of, like, wanting uh, more. <laughs> and, like, <laughs> and just, like, I don't know. I'll probably watch it one more time. I can't see it being, like, a something that I go back to much, much farther after this. But I'm probably going to watch it one more time. 
Yeah, we don't really have movies like that anymore where they're like, oh, if it's on TV, I'll watch it to the end. But it would probably be that, but it's never something I'm going to put back on. I'll put back on the original. Yeah, the original still. Like, I'll seek that out. But yeah, this I'm probably not going to hunt it down again. All right. What are your uh, social media handles? They're on screen if you're uh, if you're watching, but if you're listening, promote yourselves, fellas. Uh, you can find me at Kevin underscore egg on Twitter, Instagram, everything. Uh, and then I also host a movie podcast. If you like my movie takes with my wife called buy its cover. And that's anywhere you can find a podcast. Uh, at chase underscore Myers on Twitter. I have a podcast comes out every Monday called buckets of ducats, uh, with my friend, Josh Watts. Uh, you can find that on YouTube or on all podcasts, streaming platforms, as well as buckets of All right. Thank you. I'm going to.